it was a dark and stormy night. Well, not really, but it just, we got the, uh, as a promise, we have the developer's blog that went through and dropped today, even though it's supposed to be the quarterly update. They, they missed it by about a week, but, you know, I'll, I'll forgive them for this time, just because uh, tonight's topic is going to be on sound design. And as I was talking in the previous episode, uh, sound, music, and things of that are very, very important to me. Uh, especially when it comes to Diablo. I've got some stories to tell about that. Um, we'll go through and just get into the episode proper. I do want to start off with, uh, if you had issues with episode 218, uh, there was um, some issue with the, uh, the FTP and the file got corrupted while it was uploading. So the episode wasn't two seconds long. It's about an hour. It's been re-uploaded. I've tested it on a couple of the different uh, uh, platforms and that should be up and running now so if you missed it you tried downloading it and you had an error or something like that and you're, you're going through and uh, catching this episode uh, you can go back and see episode 218 should be uh, properly running uh, if you have any issues please feel free to hit me up either at the WM workshop uh, or you know shoot me an email over at uh, westmarksworkshop at blizzpro.com uh, but yeah going through and getting into the, uh, the, the hot ticket item for today We've got uh, the quarterly update, and as promised from last week, it's talking about the sound design of Diablo 4. Um, and I actually have the, uh, the ambience uh, that they went through, because they dropped us an hour-long track of the ambient music that plays, or the ambient sound, not music, that plays in the Fractured Peaks. Uh, now, I was uh, hoping that we would get a little bit of maybe the, the music design and music direction that was going on in Diablo 4. This one was literally just uh, sound design. That doesn't subtract from it at all. Uh, and it also goes through some of the things that the, they talk about that they as developers have to think about when it comes between sounds and games and how it can make a, a lot of differences that when you approach a, the creating sounds for a video game as opposed to, uh, for say, like a, a movie or something like that. Uh, we do also have, and I can just go ahead and... Uh, swap over to the the article itself the the intro um has changed uh as with uh most of the previous developer blogs they were they were given an intro by uh lewis baraga uh who has since been uh separated from the company uh and the timing of such is of course seems to be related to the ongoing legal issues uh that have been surrounding blizzard and activision blizzard uh, but we do have the announcement of the new game director, Joe Shelley, which, if you've been a longtime listener of this show, um, should be a, you know, a good welcoming name, uh, because we talked about him a lot in the past. He's been, uh, he's been around with the team for a very long time. He helped work on Diablo 3. Uh, he's, you know, even took part in the, uh, the, the famous uh, story time of Wyatt's, where you know towards the the end of the uh, the story time of why it says like you know development of diablo 3 had wound down and they weren't sharing as many information or as much information about the diablo franchise because in the background they were working on diablo 4 they were working on diablo immortal uh wyatt had brought joe in uh to kind of like go through and be uh the, the storyteller uh in one of the uh, the last sessions that we had with that in blizzcon i want to say it was blizzcon 2017 uh, BlizzCon, yeah, 2017 or 2016, I think, uh, was one of the, the last instances that we had that. And it was Joe Shelley that was going through and sharing 
you know, his thoughts uh, in game development and such. So he's, you know, he's a long-standing member of the Diablo team and is, you know, someone, uh, someone that I at least trust, you know, the, the Diablo franchise in his hands, that we've got someone, you know, good at the helm that understands things. Uh, and so, you know, congrats to, to Joe and can't wait to see what uh, you and the team are able to continue to go through and work on. Uh, getting into the, the sound itself, the rest of the article is written by, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Chris uh, Gampa? Damn, I'm bad with names. I'm sorry for butchering your name. Uh, but uh, they are the sound supervisor for Diablo 4, and going into a lot of the, the details that they talk about making um, the, uh, the, the sound design for Diablo 4. And it starts off with like a little bit of an intro. It's the, the sound that we're listening to right now, giving you uh, 50 minutes of the ambience from the, the Fractured Peaks. And I just want to go through and uh, pull that up real quick. We've got, you know, we've got the, uh, the nice little uh, design and dungeon here that we can see. With all the little things. And occasionally you'll hear the, um, the lantern in the background. We'll go through and uh, uh, we'll like, kind of like shift in the wind and such. And you'll, you'll hear that uh, over in the sound design itself. And it's, you know, it's a lot of, like, really cool little things uh, that we can go and uh, take a look at. Um, but from there, uh, it has, you know, uh, talks about, like, the devils in the details. And this is where I'm going to go through and start, you know, ranting a little bit. Because uh, it talks about how, um, like, you have to try and make, like, high-quality sounds that go and trigger and that you're gonna have tons and tons of like little things that are going through and happening in the background and where you're having to go and add that importance to. Like which sounds are important, which ones do you bring to life, and then also how do you make them sound realistic? How do you add kind of like a, a lifelike, um, you know, sampling to that? And one of, the, one of the, the things that they talk about is randomness and variance. Because in real life, it's always gonna be a slightly random set of um, circumstances that are happening that will always change the sounds that's going on. Such as if you're going through and you're walking down a sidewalk, you know, the, the angle that your shoe hits the sidewalk will change. There'll be variations on the, the, the sidewalk itself. Maybe it's a slightly different material from uh, one piece to the next. Uh, well, as also you might have, um, you know, like debris, like branches or leaves or things that will go through and change the, uh, the, the sound that's going on. Uh, in the uh, in like in real life that a lot of those things can't quite be replicated in the uh, the game But it's things that they go through to uh, great great links to, to try now. This is something that's been um, a, uh, a Big kind of like key philosophy in sound design at Blizzard not just for Diablo uh, But for most of their games I remember a the, like one of the first sound design panels I'd ever went, uh, had sat in at a BlizzCon was for World of Warcraft. I want to say it was like 2000, maybe 2009, and they were talking about like just how much goes into creating something simple as um, skills or footsteps, and that one of the the big things that they they talked about was audio fatigue, and how if you just constantly hit the user with the same exact sound effect again and again and again, they'll get 
uh, fatigue. It, it wears on you. You hear, you kind of start to focus in on that particular noise and you either kind of like drown it out or it doesn't become part of the experience anymore because it's just so um, repetitive without any variations whatsoever. And one of the things that they had found for even just like uh, skills, like, um, you know, a fireball or something along those lines, that they have a minimum, a minimum of six different iterations that they put into the uh, the skills in order to help combat that. And I remember little mid-twenties nine ball uh, going through, going home, you know, from that BlizzCon. The first thing I did was go through, boot up World of Warcraft, get on my paladin, and start running through Ogremar. Uh, and just listening, you know, as the, the sound of like, kind of like the clop, clop, clop of my footsteps uh, changed when going from sand to rock to wood to metal. And then the, the subtle differences in the sound of like the, the armor, like the little uh, jangling of the armor as I would run around. And it would take a while before you would hear like the same exact footstep or like the same exact like little crinkle of chain mail uh, as I was going and running around is like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. This is awesome. Uh, but it also put a thought process in my head that has ruined many games for me, unfortunately. Uh, and like one of the, the biggest ones for this, because as, as much as I love, you know, the, uh, the soundtracks and the games, you know, from a lot of um, Japanese developers, uh, they're... The level of dedication that they have to say like music design or music direction isn't as high as what they they value with um, uh, sound design and like Metal Gear Solid Five is one that always goes through and comes to mind and that one of course has a lot of controversy between like you know Konami and Kojima and such but I just I can never bring myself to playing Metal Gear Solid Five after beating it for the first time like ever again um, mainly because of that kind of like that that earbug that I got. Uh, from thinking about sound direction because of that, that panel from oh so long ago and then playing that game because uh, Snake makes the same exact sound when he walks the entire game. Whether it's running through the desert, you know, running through a, a base or um, an airfield or whatever, it doesn't matter. His footsteps... And the jangle of his equipment is exactly the same. Like, literally exactly the same. And that's... You'd be running around sometimes for like five or ten minutes doing nothing else but trying to go and hunt down this piece and you can't call your horse or whatever other mission objective there is. And then all you literally hear is just... It's just so annoying. It grated on me so much. I probably filed, you know, a quarter of an inch off of my teeth having to listen to that game uh, because I just could never unhear it. That there was no variation whatsoever. And there's so many other things, like listening to, um, say, like when Neve plays Kingdom Hearts and some other ones, how there's just so many, like, repetitive sounds that there's no variation or tuning to whatsoever. And it's just exactly the same the entire time. And it just, it's like one of those things, I'm not even actively thinking about it, but I just hear it, and I can't unhear it, and so that—that's one thing that I at least you know, uh, you know, props to the the sound team over on Diablo for continuing to go forward with that and making it so that way it you know adds some cool variations to the sounds, uh, and that m helps make it feel more realistic, more lifelike. 
They, they also talk about, you know, there's a lot of things that they had to work with with the game engine where they have to prioritize. There's a lot that goes into it because every single thing in the game, like, has a sound. They're talking about not just, like, the footsteps, the, um, you know, like, kind of like the, the jangling of your armor or the rustle of your armor or cloth that you're wearing. But, you know, your skill has a sound, the monster has a sound, it has an impact sound from both the skill and a reaction from the monster. If it also hits like a destructible, the, the barrel is going to have a sound when it explodes. But then all of the individual components of the barrel have sounds and they have different sounds for if they, they hit water, if they hit, you know, a rock metal what have you and this has all this stuff that's going on and there's some complicated system that they have running in the background in order to filter all of that and then focus in just specifically on the ones that are going to be important and the ones that are going to be most impactful uh, with that situation uh, and then they go and they talk about you know like um, the the sorceress we get to go through and talk about the uh, some of the, the fire skills and such that the, uh, the, the sorceress has. Uh, and they, they even had a little video uh, that they go and they talk about uh, the, you know, what it, what it went into with actually designing the, uh, the sounds for like the fire skills for the sorceresses. And I'm just gonna go through and play this little uh, quick uh, clip here at the end where they're, they're basically just, uh, it's a, you know, a guy with a microphone throwing around a, a, a stick or a staff that has a whole bunch of torches at the one end. And then it goes and shows us the sorceress going and casting the fire spells that you just saw them making, you know, those sounds with. But then something interesting happens. Blizzard, what the fuck? Jesus Christ! How are you going to go through and have a sound design panel and then just drop a gigantic flaming snake that takes up half the screen and just not say anything about it? Like that, that is just absolutely crazy. Uh, and they talk about it a little bit. It's apparently you got the confirmation of a new sorcerer skill called Inferno, which is just summoning a gigantic snake made of fire. Uh, and it's just... Holy crap. Okay, so, you know, sorceress skills, the fire tree, I guess, is just, like, actually making things out of fire. Because, you know, we've got we've got Hydra, which is all iconic and such, where you go and you make, like, the little, you know, like, snake heads, dragon heads that go and shoot the fire bolts. And then now you've got Inferno, which is just summoning a gigantic flaming snake. Uh, are they gonna, are they gonna transfer, like, Fire Golem from the Necromancer over to the sorceress? You know, is, is like the fire tree also going to be like kind of like the pseudo, maybe not so much summoning tree, but you know, all of the, uh, all the fire skills create uh, some form of, you know, creature or, you know, they, they have to give, they have to have the, the fire go through and take shape. Um, you know, but that, that was just like, that's awesome. We got like, you know, that's one of the things I like about um, that they do with these developer blogs. They have like the main focus and then they just drop like the tiniest subtle little hint in there um you know that that you're just not expecting and it's just it's like oh yeah you know we got giant flaming snake or we've got like little tiny clips of um like halazar and things like that that we could just have all these little tiny things that they hide inside of these blogs 
Um, and after after going through and talking about the sorcerer's skills, they go and they talk about like monster design, monster movements. And it's interesting that you know everyone has a design philosophy when it comes to going through and building. You know, well, what are the first steps that you take? And for the Diablo 4 team, they talk about how the very first thing that they do when when doing sound design for a monster is uh, creating the footsteps and the foley, or like the clothing and skin, uh, and that those are the first things that they always do when going and making uh, a monster. And that's something that it also talks about how it goes back and forth with um, the actual, uh, you know, like kind of like the, the uh, game production is that that's you know you can get you you create the footsteps you create the foley and then that allows you to kind of like do the the cadence of the rhythm of their their movements and then you can begin creating the rest of the sounds from there you know is it a slow methodical creature you know is it is it fast or is it just like kind of like gigantic with these giant booming footsteps and that you kind of have a, a base uh work from there and we get some other like little tiny um, you know, uh, updates and such that you can go and uh, click on uh, with, you know, you got the, the sound design for uh, the wood wraiths are coming back from Diablo 3 and are getting a bit of a facelift. They look more like a, uh, a wooden golem than they do the kind of like walking trees that we had before. I'll just go and click over to that real quick. I'm also guessing that kind of like the tile set that we see there on the ground is uh, Skazglen. And if you if you pay attention to like the bottom left, you can kind of see it where the um, it adds some variations into that 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 texture pattern. You'll see kind of like the, the different um, uh, what what you call it the different kind of uh, plants like leaves and such that kind of go through and appear. Uh, you know, kind of like the little hints of like the, the art design and such. Uh, and then they also had another one of, you know, going through and making uh, gore with uh, a, uh, one of the, the, the Foley sessions where they had some monsters in order to go through and make uh, kind of like gore sounds and such of things ripping. They're literally just kind of like hitting cabbages together or you know they they get to play with uh, they as they talk about in the blog they they play with a seven layer dip just taking various you know different food items and things and just smashing them together or ripping them apart and then we get to see how it actually looks in the game with another new monster the um the fly spotter that just kind of like a walking zombie that's like a hive of bugs that just spawns them as it's walking around or when it dies you kind of see how you know those, those various sound effects of just like you know something simple dropping an apple inside of a honeydew ends up becoming you know the slogging footsteps of a giant walking you know thing of zits that shoots out 
flies and yeah you know kind of like disgusting i was talking about in the pre-show i'm making dinner after this and well i'm not hungry anymore but you know it's it's uh you know it, it's really interesting the the level and the detail that goes into it because i don't think that a lot of people appreciate just how much goes into sound design when it's such a huge aspect of the game and they really talk about how um some of the things that goes into developing sound for a video game is that it's another avenue of conveying information uh, to the player, whether it be you know something as simple as um, a sound effect when a, a skill comes off of cooldown, you know, or you know the audio cue of a regular hit and like a, a big hit, you know, something that a tiny hit might not cause anything, but if you get hit really hard, you can give like kind of like an um, in uh, audible flinch. You know, or a call out or something. Uh, it just there's a lot that goes into it that they can communicate certain game aspects or game states to the player itself. And, you know, they can also then kind of like break up the experience of how you're going and playing the game. Whereas the majority of the game is focused around the, the open world of us going and exploring Sanctuary. They also talk about what it's like developing dungeons. And that dungeons are far more um, kind of like an ambient experience. And so they'll, you know, they they get to have um, a lot of fun with this, take a lot of liberties when it comes to the dungeon design, because whereas you might have a general theme like the fractured peaks that we have, you know, continuing to play in the background, that those are that's kind of like an audio track that you might have going anywhere because you're if you're in the fractured peaks, you're up and up this big windy mountainous region. It's you know, it's uh, they, there can be subtle variations throughout the zone, but it's all kind of unified within like the the sound design. But dungeons, dungeons, you can go anywhere. You can kind of have like a, a frost cave, or you can do, uh, you know, just like kind of like a, a, a dank, you know, deep mountain cave where you might go and encounter who knows trolls or something, uh, and that they can really um, have uh, flex more of a creative design when it comes to dungeons because. They're, they they have uh, just the ability to be a, a lot uh, you know a lot more leverage their their design aspects. They can they can take more liberties with it and such. Um, and they also there's other fun things that they can do with like reverb and echoes and such, depending upon the type of dungeon that you're in. Uh, and you know then that also then going back to uh, what I was talking about with like breakables and other objects like that that you're going to have your tons of surfaces that you can have things ricochet off of inside of a dungeon, and that is something that they kind of have to then go back through and filter you know, with the, the engine itself and how it mixes the, the audio all together. And then the, the final aspect that they talked about is how they bring it all together um, with the, the actual the, the game and the camera system and such, because you know your viewpoint uh, might not be the actual viewpoint of the game is you know removed from your character and so you're not actually like at your character listening to things you've got a bigger um, area that you're listening uh, as opposed to like say even though it doesn't talk about this in the article if you go to say a game like um, Destiny you know it's like an over the shoulder shooter your audio profile is still pretty much centered exactly around the character when you're going through um, and playing that particular game as opposed to something that's isometric where you can see behind where your character is. You know, you can see uh, a huge, you, you're, you have a 360 degree field of vision around your character in an isometric game, but that also means that you have a 360 degree kind of like hearing aspect. And so, you know, you can, you can do a little bit 
with um, you know stereo left to right when it comes to sound design with that. But you know it becomes a little bit harder when you kind of like foreground and background and such, and how you're going to go and take all those states as well as just more information on the screen that they have to filter in and not you know completely overload the, the player with all of these different so uh, sounds that are going and triggering all over the place. And that comes again back down to just you know how you're designing it and having the engine go and sort through uh, what's important, you know which which music states are the ones that they want to. Um, you know, convey information and which ones can be dropped, you know, so that way, you know, you go through and you break a barrel and it's, you know, in it's uh, sitting in a, a puddle or something like that, you know, the important aspect might be hearing the, the pieces of wood impact the water and you don't really hear it hitting the, the wall on the other side of the sewer or something, you know, because it's trying to just kind of convey the information and when then the more important part is, well, it was sitting in a puddle of water, you know, more so than, you know, the, the pieces going through and hitting a wall further down. Uh, while at the same time, you might not hear any of those breakables impacting anything if there's also monsters on the screen. You'll hear something important like the, the barrel itself exploding, uh, but, you know, just kind of like giving you the cue that it was destroyed or that it was hit, but you don't really need to hear all the different pieces flying all over the place because, you know, you're fighting a whole bunch of, you know, Fallen or Khazra or you know, flayed ones or something like that, you know, down in a, a deep, dark dungeon. Uh, and this one, you know, is a little bit shorter than the previous developer blogs, and there's not as much to go through and dive and psychoanalyze and such in there besides the giant flaming snake, uh, which Blizzard, I really hope that we go and talk about. Uh, but it, it does go through and say we have the, the one uh, last uh, little hint, and it does seem that we'll be diving into... Uh, more in-game systems with the the next developer blog. So the quarter four uh, developer blog, more than likely, is going to be in December. It looks like we're actually going to be uh, jumping into maybe some in-game systems, which is, I'm sure a lot of people are dying to hear more about. And I'm glad that we are at least you know getting some more crunchier topics as opposed to the fluffier topics, as I mentioned in previous episodes. Where I think that these things like sound design, music, character design, and art are very important and speak to a much larger percentage of the player base that's going to end up playing Diablo 4 uh, than you know in-game systems. Especially, there is a, a thread talking about it on uh, Reddit that went through and mentioned, I mean, when it comes to in-game systems and skills and stuff like that, go back and look at Diablo 3. You know, there was so many things in Diablo 3 that they were talking about up into like a year before its beta that ended up getting cut from the game. Uh, runes, you know, like uh, skill runes and stuff like that were being discussed actively, you know, up until... You know, shortly before the game itself went into beta. So there was a lot of very impactful changes that were made very late into the development um, you know, of that game. And so I, I hope that that's not the issue and that we, we get a better uh, production pipeline when it comes to Diablo 4. You know, iteration, of course, is always nice, but it's good uh, to kind of like just uh, decide on some things and just make them work, you know, uh, when you know we still have the the time to go through and suss that out, we're not making huge you know game breaking changes you know right before uh, you know release or beta, and that kind of calls into the question as they're still going and talking about um, in game systems and stuff like that. Uh, you know they also talk about that there's still some some ways away you know from release. 
2022 is looking a little bit less likely. You know, I guess it's maybe maybe we can expect something uh, from Diablo 4 in 2023. But who knows? Maybe they'll come out with uh, the BlizzCon online early next year and go through and be like, hey, beta later this year. Who knows? We'll see. But with that, I, uh, I thank you for going through, uh, listening to me rant. Uh, we, you know, we've got, uh, we've got some, uh, fun stuff, uh, to cover, uh, going forward. I hope we've got some patches and updates for, uh, D2R, hoping that, uh, we might, uh, by the time we record the next episode, we might also have something to talk about with, uh, Diablo 3, uh, PTR, but, uh, who knows? We'll, we'll go through and see. But with that, uh, please go through, check out the channel. I record here live uh, every other Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Though, um, for the next couple of episodes, it might be recorded on Thursdays. Today just happened to conveniently work out on a Thursday, but uh, next week's episode, I believe, will also record on a Thursday. Um, you know, just because I have a work um, event on Wednesday night, so I won't be able to get home in time in order to record it. So look forward to that. Uh, but if you like the show, if there's any questions, comments, or feedback that you'd like to send me, like I mentioned at the beginning, please drop me a line over at westmarchworkshop at blizzpro.com, or you can follow the show at the WM Workshop on Twitter. You can also follow me personally uh, at NineBallGamer on Twitter, or catch me over at twitch.tv slash NineBall for the once-a-year time that I ever end up streaming. And with that, uh, I will wish you all a good night, and I'll catch you next week. It just sounds so cool.